This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster, celebrating our bravery and all of it. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so happy that you're here. So our guest today, I interviewed uh, maybe three years ago, and people must really love her work because without even promoting it past the week that it aired, it was still getting so many downloads. And it, it, it came to be one of my most downloaded episodes from my previous podcast, The Magic Hour. So I'm so excited to have her on again today. It'll be a little bit different of a conversation. Um, I believe... Last time the conversation was around um, how to make relationships work. And today we're going to be talking a lot around how to navigate heartbreak. If the one is really a thing, how to pause in relationships. And I know she talks about how like the pause can save a relationship. So that's something I would really love to master myself. If you listen to last week's episode with Paul Stelig, I talked about how um, me and my partner from four years are going through a conscious uncoupling process. And it's been really, really hard. And there's been a lot of grief. So I'm definitely going to dive into that with her today. But I promise that I won't make it all about that. And I do want to bring up that, you know, last week in Paul Stelig's episode, if you guys have listened to a lot of these shows, you know, I'm extremely vulnerable. I'm extremely honest. And, you know, fear can come up with that of thinking, well, if I'm so honest about my shadows and my struggles, no one will hire me as a coach and all of this. But I don't want a coach that's not honest about their shadows, that doesn't admit that they have shadows, that doesn't admit that they still have areas to grow. I want someone who knows all that shit and is honest about it and is working on all of it. That's who I want to work with because that's who I want to be. So I've chosen that I've chosen vulnerability, transparency, and honesty. And, uh, you know, last week's episode with Paul Selig was a very honest and vulnerable one because he channels you and connects to your guides. And I asked really vulnerable questions and I got really vulnerable answers. I did sit with everything he said all week. And if, if you didn't listen to that episode, I highly recommend it because Paul Selig is just so amazing. And is basically his messages are about everything being God and not casting anything into darkness. Otherwise it will pull you into that darkness, but he is a channel. And when I, when I asked him about if it was time to leave this relationship, he said that I was afraid to be alone. And I thought that's so fucking weird because that's the part that's actually sounds comforting to me. I love being alone. It's so much easier. Being alone is so much easier than being in a relationship. And so I was like, huh, that doesn't resonate. Um, but I am afraid of being without this specific partner because of how well he loves me and how he takes care of me when I'm sick and all these things that I'm, you know, 
may fall into scarcity mindset of like, I might not find again, which isn't true. That's not true for any of us. But I was really sitting with his answer around that. And what, what felt true for me is that the question I asked right before that was about how I can struggle with being alone in a house at night, completely by myself, without any other humans, any other animals, because I tend to hear and see things at times because I do have some psychic abilities. And, and also because I've had trauma in my, like I've had someone break into my home while I was there. Uh, when I was around 25, I also had a kidnapping when I was a kid. So I have this trauma and it still comes up for me at times. And he was saying that I don't know that I'm safe when I'm alone and that I'm about to grow out of this. And there was so much relief in that. But I think that because I asked the other question about my relationship immediately after, he may have still been connecting to that previous um, part of myself because, you know, channels can, they, they can get murky too. They can get mixed messages too. And while I trust everything that Paul says, and there is a fear of being alone in that space, in that context, um, I don't feel a fear of being alone when it comes to relationships. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to speak that because I felt it could be helpful to remind yourself that even when we go to a mentor or a guide, or we're listening to a relationship expert, that you are still your own authority. And there's no one that replaces the stillness and quietness of the truth that comes up when you connect to your heart when you connect to your own inner truth. And so I wanted to remind you that, um, that there's so much we can receive from experts and from channels, from mentors, from guides, from teachers, but we must still connect to our own inner truth and, and feel what resonates and what doesn't. I like to say chew up the meat, spit out the bones. I feel like Paul Selig is all meat, but I, I did feel like, uh, okay, that's, that didn't resonate only because it was still connecting to my previous question. It was such an amazing episode though, y'all like, oh man, I listened back to it like three times before it even aired because it just, there's, there's nothing like, there's nothing like my conversations with Paul. They, they do something for me. Um, and I do like, he talks about being in the upper room. I feel, I feel that, um, octave throughout our entire conversation. So check it out if you haven't already. Now back to today. I am so excited for today's episode. She specializes in and has very affordable courses available on her site that focus on surviving heartbreak, overcoming fear, identifying and breaking your negative emotional patterns, to stop obsessing, how to communicate in an argument, how to create and keep healthy boundaries, how to break free from your childhood story, how to end the anxiety and sadness cycle, uh, how to learn the 10 proven steps to raise your self-worth, how to dive deep into your psychology and learn how to truly accept yourself, as well as a unique system for choosing the right partner. We'll do our best to fit in as much as we can today. Um, and I already let you know what we'd be focusing on, but she is on a mission to teach people how to completely transform their love life. And where you start is by addressing the relationship you have with yourself. Whether you're looking to strengthen the relationship you're in, heal your heartbreak and choose better partners, develop a stronger sense of self or move away from dysfunctional patterns into highly functioning ones, this episode is for you. Please help me welcome Jillian Tarecki to Untamed and Unashamed. Hi. Hi. So I know we were, we were just discussing, we were supposed to meet last Friday and we had a Cal Lee hiccup and it's yes. so funny because last week, 
don't know if y'all can hear, there's a, I think a lawnmower out there. Um, last week I was in so much grief with an uncoupling process that I was going through. And I swear to you, like every day I was like, if I could just get to my interview with Jillian, I'll be okay. Cause I know she'll have gold for me. And, and then it, and then it didn't work out. And I was like, Okay, again, if I could just get to my interview. Oh, here we are. Here we then, are. Better late than never. Yeah, and it's funny because I'm in a different process of the grief. So it feels like, you know, it's all in divine timing. And it's also funny because the the first time I interviewed you, I found you because my partner was at the time was um I would hear him watching this woman's videos all the time. And I was like, whose page are you always on? And it was yours. And then, so that's how you found me. Yeah. And then I interviewed oh, you. Hilarious. Yeah. But it's, it was so cool to me that like that your page was the page that he was like on all the time, you right, know, and not, and not some prostitute page. Right. Yeah. And then it's like some cool yeah. circle. Cause now we're going through this uncoupling and it's still your page that is giving so much hope. So you're the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> that makes me very happy. Yeah. So, so thankful for your content because I mean, it was helpful at that time and it's helpful at this time. Like it really is very well-rounded. So, um, I have so many questions for you today about relationship. And the first one I, I would love to dive into with you is about, I know you talk about choosing yourself. And so, what does it look like choosing yourself or choosing the relationship or the us? And is there ever a time, like, is there a relationship where you do? Cause it feels like there's gotta be a relationship where you're able choosing the relationship actually like pushes you more towards choosing yourself. Right. Yeah. So I think that if you're in a relationship and it's a relationship that you're invested in, you care about, you want it to work that, you have to choose the relationship. And what that means is you do the things necessary for yourself and for your partner. There's a little drilling in the background. I hope that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. This is the, the, what we're, what we're facing. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't believe in Mercury retrograde because this stuff always happens. Yeah. Well, we're in a big eclipse right now. So. Are we? Okay. So maybe that's it because this is just like, of course there's drilling. Uh, <laughs> like I can't do it. Can't wait. Um, what leads many relationships astray is two people only fending for themselves within it. Mm -hmm. instead of being an advocate for the relationship. And sometimes what that means is that if you really, really care about the relationship, it means you have the conversations that scare you. Yeah. It means that um, you take care of yourself because to take care of yourself is also to take care of the relationship. It means you stand up for yourself because if you don't stand up for yourself, then when it's necessary, then the relationship doesn't have a leg to stand on. Yeah. So it's just, a, it's a powerful if reframe, if you will, to, to think about it as I'm not just doing this for myself. I'm doing this because I care so much about our relationship mm. and that if I'm not, if I don't do this, mm. our relationship suffers. Yeah. When I talk about choosing yourself, um, I often speak about it 
in the context of relationships that are not working, situationships, um, being in very one-sided relationships, uh, being in something that might be may have served a purpose for a certain amount of time, but it's not what it is that you want. It's not right for you. You're not getting your needs met. And sometimes you have to walk away because walking away is choosing not, when you choose yourself, you're actually choosing the life that you know that you must live Mm -hmm. and can no longer compromise on. So, and that's a very diff. that can, that can be a very difficult decision to make. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like, um, that's exactly what we're both at is, is having to choose ourselves because of our incompatibility. Um, I mentioned that, you know, we're in an uncoupling process. He's a very loving man and it's been an extremely loving process, which has been so healing for me, but, um, for both of us, but has also, because there's been so much love in the process, it's been like, wait, should we really walk away when there's this much love? Um, but the root of it is this incompatibility, this issue of our spiritual differences. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not really something that's easily bridged because it's almost like, um, you can't, it's like, you can't really ask someone to change their beliefs. It's like who they are as a person, you know, and it's been incredibly hard and we're still asking like, is there a way to make this work while knowing we're we're pretty much just incompatible. Mm -hmm. But in his grieving process, he wrote out a list of reasons that, um, he really should leave the relationship. And it was a huge fucking list. And the thing is that they were all true. And all of those shadows I know I have. And I I was always loyal. I was always honest, never abusive, anything like that. But I think that what really hurt him was that in the past, I only ever had abusive, controlling, narcissistic partners. And this was my first safe and loving partner. But because I had been so taken advantage of and manipulated in the past, I was in this place of reclaiming my power and individuality and was like, very hard boundaries. This is who I am. You will not control me. You will not dictate how I worship. Mm -hmm. And I left very little room for meeting in the middle or for compromise. And I also didn't feel accepted for my spirituality and that unworthiness wound had me also acting in my shadow at times. So Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for this list, although it hurt like hell to hear because I don't want to carry those into my future. And having that list is truly a gift. But um, I think what I'd love to talk to with you about is basically maybe how to forgive ourselves for the mistakes we've made in our past relationships. And it's also interesting how that pendulum swings of like, if you've been with all these abusers and then you're finally in a safe relationship, but you like, you're used to having to like guard yourself to stay safe, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, um, and then maybe the pendulum balances. Yeah. But it's sad that like, sometimes it takes that. Yeah. So that's a really good question. You know, this idea of forgiveness and forgiving ourselves. So, um, first thing that I wanted to say was that just because a relationship ends doesn't mean it was, does not mean it was a failure. Mm, Yeah. Um, I think that we have to really, and I put this in big air quotes because it's so such an overused term normalize and I hate to use, but we have to normalize relationships, um, ending. Mm -hmm. Um, life, you know, life is long and sometimes, 
you know, people come into our lives and we come into other people's lives for so many different reasons. Some people are a gift. Some people are a lesson. Some people are a combination of both. Mm-hmm. And, so, you know, just because a relationship ends, it doesn't mean that it wasn't meant to be. It doesn't mean that it wasn't, it didn't serve its purpose in, in, in your life or in his life. Mm -hmm. Um, so I am referring to your partner as a, his, cause I just assumed that that that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Just cause I know you. Um, so I just wanted to first say that. And then secondly, you know, we all have our stuff. Mm-hmm. We all have our stuff. And the reality is that we have to, relationships are a mirror and they're there to show us a few things. Mm-hmm. Ideally, a relationship should help you love yourself more. Like we should be, if we're going to be committed to someone, we should be loving them so much Mm. that they love themselves more. Now, it doesn't mean that we can heal someone who doesn't love themselves, Mm -hmm. but we have to be able to learn how to love ourselves more in a relationship, not less. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, we're also going to see where our issues are and where our dysfunction is and where our fear is. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you were just, it makes a lot of sense. You're coming out of a lot of narcissistic, abusive relationships. And then here you are totally empowered. And like you said, the pendulum swings. And so what happens is that sounds to me like you enter a new relationship and you've got a little bit of like a, like a superhero vibe going into it. Like, can't, you can't mess with me. You can't mess with me. And then here's this really lovely person who wants to just get through to you. And then you have maybe some walls, but that's only part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. It's only part of the story. And so the way that we forgive ourselves is to process and to look and be like, okay, wow. Get really curious. That's really interesting. Like I see why, why they felt that way. Mm-hmm. What is, what is the feedback that I'm being given that I really am going to take to heart and what, and what am I going to not take to heart? You know, what am I going to learn from this? Everyone messes up in relationships. None of us, none of us are perfect. And we're all terrified that we're not enough. I don't care where someone falls on the self-worth spectrum or self-esteem spectrum. We are all afraid of not being enough to the person that we love. Mm. And out of that fear comes a lot of strange behavior, self-protective behavior. And so ultimately we just have to be able to look at ourselves and say, how is my fear of not being enough and being abandoned or being controlled or whatever? Mm-hmm. How has that played out in this relationship? What do I know about, what do I understand about myself now that I didn't know before? What do I now know, like as I enter this next chapter in my life, what I need more now? This was a great partner in so many ways. When I look for another partner, 
what are some of the things that I definitely want to keep? Like, what did I learn from this relationship that I definitely still want? And what did I learn that I, that I would like something different? Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, that empowerment, like reframe of, of empowerment and or empowering reframe. I'm curious too, like, I think when, when people are going through breakups, it's, normal in the grief stage to like get in these mind loops of like, what if it was always me? What if it was my trauma? What if I'm addicted to suffering and I'll never let myself be happy? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, it's like confusing too. Cause it's like, is, was it my trauma that did all that? Or is it my trauma telling me all this now? Like there's all these mm-hmm. like, you know, mind fucks. And mm-hmm. also I, I, my big goal this year was to heal some religious wounding and there's this like, Oh, I didn't even do that while I was with a Christian man. It was the perfect opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, I, I realized, well, when I was hurt by the church at 22, it it felt that Christianity took away my loved ones. Cause when I left the church, my adopted family basically disowned me. And so I didn't have tools at the time to not self-abandon and to, to choose myself. Um, and maybe this is how I, I, I reframed it to like, maybe this is how I heal actually is that in this time when like, you know, it's not Christianity's fault, but that like Christianity is a theme here, um, that I don't self-abandon and that I have the tools to hold my nervous system through it. Maybe this was the path I was being led to all along to heal this specific wound. But I'm curious how we know when it, our trauma is what's creating the story or not. Do you have any tools for that? Um, well, the thing that I'll say about that is that as long as we're in our heads, yeah, nothing good is going to come out of it. And so, so over, so the the advice I have is a little less specific to trauma and just about, we have to get out of our heads more Mm -hmm. because we psychoanalyze everything to death, which could be a, which could be considered a trauma response. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I think that in the effort to want to learn and wanting to grow and wanting to be more conscious, we psychoanalyze everything to death when really maybe the real learning is I got to get out of my head. Yeah. (laughs) And give this a completely different meaning. Mm -hmm. No, you could walk away from this saying, wow, I broke my pattern of Mm. falling in love and dating and being in relationship with abusive people. And isn't that amazing that that is now a thing of my past Mm. and what a gift that I was able to do that. And with someone who was really loving and kind, what a gift it is for me to go through a a breakup. That's not traumatizing. Mm. And to really sit in that as opposed to, I mean, yes, we want to have, we want to have a certain level of self-analysis like okay so what did I do that was maybe hurtful to this person or how how is my heart open or what was you know how was I this is just for anyone asking themselves how was I manipulative how did I let my fear of not being enough like you know get in the way so yes we I want to have a certain level of self-analysis but something that I talk about all the time when it comes to grieving and heartbreak is, can you look at it differently? Can you give it a different meaning? And I think that there's such a huge opportunity for you specifically, just based on what you shared, that 
you can just be really comforted by the fact that you were with a really good person. Yeah. This is your new standard. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious too, your thoughts around, um, I feel like this is probably true for most women, but I know for, for me, it's, it feels really true that like every few years, I feel like a completely different woman. I don't, I don't know if that feels true for you. Cause especially when you're on the growth path, it's like you're ever evolving. And yeah, yeah. I know, um, with every partner I've met, I've turned into a completely different woman. And, um, you know, in these past four years in this relationship, I've evolved in like the older version of me doesn't even feel like me anymore. The person, yeah. person that met him, I've healed my sexual trauma. I've been trained in Tantra, um, mm-hmm more than anything, I've just healed on so many levels that I'm just a completely different person. And, uh, I have a completely different career. Like it's all changed. And it's amazing. uh, Yeah. And, um, that it it is amazing. And I feel excited for my future because of that. Like to me, I'm like, that's exciting. There's all these different women that are going to emerge, you know, but at the same time, there's this curiosity of like, if we're ever, we're always evolving, and someone falls for us. And then only a few years later, we're a completely different version of ourselves mm-hmm. if we're on the growth path, or even if we're not, um, there's like this, like thought of like, God, what's the point? And he, like, if, if like, so, you know, like, yeah, so well, almost yeah. Like, this isn't what I signed up for. Isn't it is something they could say, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that we go, well, first of all, we all, every, I think it's every seven years we change completely on the cellular level, like our skin, like our cells are not even the same every seven years. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we go through major, major, major growth changes and, and not every four years, it's exactly the same. I mean, you've done a lot of work, you're healing a lot of trauma. So you feel totally different and you're excited for all of this to emerge. I mean, it's the million dollar question. It's like, how do we grow in love together versus apart. And I think that part of it is timing. Part of it is just being with a well-matched part person. And part of it is um, celebrating each other's differences and yeah. growth. Yeah. Celebration is so huge. Because we still are who we are very much on, on the inside, you know? Yeah. My, I still have my beautiful heart. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So you, you know, you are who you are really on the inside and yes, there, and, and look, people do grow apart because of this mm-hmm. and that's part of life. Mm-hmm. And that's why I really wanted to normalize the fact that some relationships end and it doesn't necessarily mean that that's a bad thing or that anyone's, or that it's a failure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that, um, if we can, in a relationship, instead of trying to block someone's evolution or, or hurry someone else's evolution, if we actually did not make our partner's evolution our business <laughs> and just sort of allowed it to, to be, and people didn't try to control each other so much. Yeah then it would either just be like sort of like celebratory or it would be like, Oh, we've just kind of grown apart and we want two different things. Yeah. You know, it's ultimately about what you want in life. I mean, that's really, if people, when people grow apart, they grow apart because their values change or their beliefs change, but 
Those two things are what impact what you want out of life, how you want to live your life. Yeah. So those are, you know, I think it's always good every year to check in with your partner to be like, hey, or every six months, like, hey, we still on the same page? Like, are we still like, is this, why not? Mm -hmm. I think that's a really powerful practice. Like, am I meeting your needs? Like, is there, can I, can I be better? Yeah. Almost like a renewal of vows to who you are in that moment. Yes. And, and asking your partner to like evaluate you a little bit, which is hard. Yeah. Am I meeting your needs? Am I doing a good job? How can I do a better job? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And there's a video, I don't know how old this video was. Um, so if you'll remember it, but you talked about what you learned through healing your anxious attachment, your abandonment wounds, your self-worth wounds, they all feel very similar in my body. Um, but I don't know if, if, if you remember, I mean, you experience it yourself. So even if it's not in the video, um, but I was curious if you could just speak to a little bit, like what that process was for you healing them and what you learned through healing them. Oh yeah. I think, I think I know which video you're talking about. Like, like the step, like the lessons that I learned from, yeah. Um, So I think that that self-esteem is a really big part of fear of abandonment. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's about really learning to love yourself and we're not going to love everything about ourselves. You know, we're not going to, I think that it's, Learning to love ourselves is a lifelong process and being okay with not liking certain parts of ourselves, you know, being okay with the fact that there's a shadow part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I think in healing that, I really started to evaluate the ways in which I'm hard on myself, you know, how maybe, uh, perfectionism got in the way, Um, this sort of belief that I had about having to be a certain way or produce a certain amount or whatever it is to be enough. Mm -hmm. Also feeling like, um, you know, I was raised with this belief, which is generational mostly that like, that you need a partner, you know, to Mm. to actually be happy and, Mm -hmm. or, or you need a partner just to to have stability. And I'm all for partnership, but so much of the healing process for me personally was learning how to stand on my own two feet emotionally and financially Mm -hmm. in every way possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Also learning that my needs matter Mm-hmm. and having and being able to say yeah I deserve my needs to be met and learning how to actually ask for what I need and ultimately getting to a point where I would rather lose a relationship than not speak up in a relationship yeah 
I also had to learn just a lot about my psychology and about the psychology of the people who I date, you know, men in particular, I had to, um, I had to figure out, I had to figure out what it is that I need on a really deep level. So it really is like a returning home to self Mm -hmm. because when you, when you, have all that wounding and abandonment wounding there's this really weird paradoxical neglect of self that happens that's not easily detectable on the Mm -hmm. surface Mm -hmm. it's more subtle like no one would ever look at me and be like she's neglecting herself they wouldn't you know it's not that um so Yeah, I had to challenge a lot of beliefs that I had about myself, about love, about relationships, about men, about um, what I'm willing to tolerate, what I'm not willing to tolerate. I had to to understand what my expectations are in a relationship. I had to get more realistic. I had to create more expectations of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything in particular from that video that really stood out to you that I could speak to? I'm not sure if this was in that specific video, but something you said that like has just been um, a mantra for me is no one can abandon me, but me. Yes. And it's like, at first, when you hear that, you're like, what do you mean? My father abandoned me, (laughs) you know? Well, as an adult, as an adult, Mm -hmm. children, children can be abandoned. Animals can be abandoned. And certainly people can end relationships in a very abandoning wrong way where, mm-hmm. where of course that's going to trigger our deepest wounds of abandonment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that um, if I'm neglecting of what it is that I need, if I'm neglecting of an instinct that I have about something not being right. If I'm accepting crumbs, if I'm, um, if something just doesn't feel right, Mm -hmm. then I'm literally telling myself that my reality doesn't matter. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's much harder to recover from mm-hmm. than the pain of someone leaving you. Now, a lot of, see, because a lot of people, when they have a really strong abandonment wound, someone will just have to break up with them and they'll feel abandoned. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of, that's where I, that's what I want to challenge. Someone, just because someone breaks up with you doesn't mean they're abandoning you. Mm-hmm. People are free to, we're not, you know, it's, I think it was Esther Perel. No, I know it was Esther Perel who said this, but I, I, I don't know if I'm quoting it exactly perfectly, but anyone we're in a relationship with, they're on loan with an option for renew. We don't own mm-hmm. anyone. No one is obligated to stay in a relationship. 
I mean, the whole point of commitment and vows and attention and intention is, is making a promise that we're going to do everything in our power to make this work. Mm-hmm. But someone just saying, you know, falling out of love or wanting to leave the relationship, that's not abandonment. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I meant when I said that. It's like, that's not, that might feel like an abandonment, but that's not actually what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what really is abandonment is when you are, when one is totally not paying attention to what it is that they need and not speaking up in their relationship or not telling the truth in their relationship, mm-hmm. lying to keep the peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned like controlling someone's evolution. It feels like, when we're trying to control our partner and their growth, whether it's more growth or less growth, that's from a fear of abandonment as well. Cause you think if you can control like what their path is or what they're taking in or who they're around, you know, it keeps you safe. Ultimately, Absolutely. Abandoned, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So when, it, so we've talked a lot about uncoupling or breakups when it comes to actually being in relationship uh something that you speak to i think you've said um could rescue like save a relationship is the pause and that's um yeah i would love to talk about how to master that because i am so much fire and passion and can also tend towards the anxious type um i'm also on the spectrum so i have that to navigate as well typically on the spectrum you're like you want the solution you know <laughs> yes um, but something I really want to master is the ability to pause. And it's, I understand it. I grasp it. Yes. And in the moment, I think I've paused. And then looking <laughs> back, I was like, oh, that wasn't a pause. So. so the thing that has helped me the most to master the pause, because I'm also very fiery and very react and can be very reactive. And I've worked really hard to not be, um, is meditation, a consistent everyday meditation practice, 15 to 20 minutes, minimally a day. That is because when you meditate, even if you are thinking the entire time, over time, you're practicing, you're really practicing that pause over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So the only way to master anything is to practice it thousands of times. Mm-hmm. So you'll fail a lot, but it's literally, and, and, and go to something that Michael Singer, who wrote the book, The Untethered Soul, he refers to something called, he refers to it as the low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. So you practice on the things that are like really more simple. So obviously if you're in a romantic relationship, like that's going to be the most triggering or family might be really triggering, but what if it's just like a little work thing or something like that? And you like want to quickly like respond to that text or that email or say something. And you can just say, I'm going to give this an hour. Hmm. I'm not going to just be so reactionary. I'm just going to take a deep breath because I know where this leads. I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm going to walk away from this for a few minutes and see what happens. Yeah. And so to really practice it with those sort of low hanging fruits so that you can bring that into um, your relationship. 
Mm-hmm. But that's what it is. It's practicing the pause. It's like that. I just want to fix it. I want to control. I'm react. I'm angry. I'm fiery. Like what, you know, our egos are just like, what the hell? Like, how, you know, so it is um, really difficult and yet so very, very important. And some people do it a lot better than others, obviously. Mm-hmm. But medit- a daily meditation practice is really, really, really helpful for training mm-hmm. you to do that. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing around meditation for me is it teaches me to slow down. So yeah, yes. uh, I love that um, low hanging fruit though, like practicing it and the things that aren't as triggering. So yes. good. yeah. Because the, the whole point also of meditation is to be able to, um, how should I put this? It's like, almost like you're, you are, you're, the whole point is to be able to separate part of your consciousness, which is considered your higher mind so that you can look, you can become a witness to the storm. Mm -hmm. So in other words, practicing the pause is really about when you are so reactionary and you want to do that for a part of your consciousness to be able to actually observe and identify oh you are you are reactionary right now yeah take a pause but you can't pause without that discernment and self-awareness of and that conscious knowing of oh you're in that space right now Mm -hmm. you're in that space right now you're crazy right now. You're dysregulated right now. You're sad right now. You're reactive right now. Oh, yes, I am. I'm not going to react from this space. Yeah. And that's sort of the sequence. Yeah. And I know for me, sometimes um, it was just noticing that my breath was short, was like, Okay, it feels like I've paused, but I still am like not breathing. Yeah, that's the somatic awareness. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then if I'm still in that space, um, there's been times where, you know, this wasn't, this wasn't all the time, but there were times when I let myself be reactive, but by myself. So I would like, I would express my anger, my frustration, and it may have not come out in a clean way, but it was only with myself. Mm -hmm. And through like clearing that, and actually like letting myself experience it on my own, then I felt like I was able to actually express myself mm. from this like clean regulated place because I let it. I, I think um, Mama Gina calls it swamping. Mm. So that was really helpful when I, when I actually, it, I guess it was a form of a pause, but when I actually like allowed myself to have that, it yeah. felt like I, I even knew what I was feeling then, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And that's, and that's, that's somatic awareness. I mean, that's like, that's, that's a very strong level of self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Which meditation helps to develop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's no secret that shame free sex and pleasure are powerful avenues to deeper connections and an overall sense of well-being. and accessible expertly designed toys can play a big part in getting you there and making you feel more alive. 
Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution as a women-powered resource for game-changing pleasure products and supportive content. Started by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops her products based on research and feedback from people like you. They're making better sexual experiences and more pleasure available to all. Dame's easy-to-use toys and accessories are made with body-safe, doctor-approved materials and smart design principles, and they've earned glowing praise from the New York Times, the Today Show, and many more, including me. Whether you're looking to shake things up with your partner or upgrade your self-care routine, they've got something for every nightstand. Even better, Dame offers three-year warranties and hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. And I will guarantee you satisfaction because I use their products myself. They're amazing. My favorite one is their suction toy. I call it the clit sucker, but it's uh, spelled A-E-R. It's called Air. It's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. It creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris so you can go all the way right away. Guys, I have like eight to 10 orgasms almost every time I use it. I use it during sex and in my own pleasure practice. You will not be disappointed. They're also sending me a bunch of their other products. So I'll keep you updated. But as of right now, this one's my favorite and I highly recommend it. Go to dameproducts.com and use code Jade today for 15% off your order with Dame. Now on with the show. So another uh, post that you did, I don't, I don't know again if this was long ago or not. I save so many and share so many of your videos, but it was something around the one being a myth, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So yes. uh, if we can go into that, yeah. So um, there, I said there's no one. We choose who the one is, and that we will have to make that choice day in and day out inside of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's many the ones. Yeah. You know, like just the fact, just because you're, you're, you're separating from your partner doesn't mean that he's, that he wasn't the one at some point in your life. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's many, that's my view. There's many, the ones, but you know, here's a little secret about relationship that if you haven't been in a really long-term relationship, people don't know, like, you know, even if you're with the most perfect person for you, who you absolutely love there will be mornings where you wake up and you're like, this is the choice I made. (laughs) (laughs) This is where I lay my affection. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Cause if we live with someone long enough, like, and it's like, and we, sometimes we're going to question it. So we have to make that choice. We have to be, everyone's waiting around for like love to just hit us. And like, that's how Mm -hmm. it is in the beginning but that's fairy tale. Love is not a fairy tale. Love is a choice. It's a verb. And you might, one might get to the point where it's like, no, I I can't, I cannot love you anymore. Like I truly don't have those feelings for you anymore. Or this is, or like, I love you, but we're not aligned. And so love is not enough. So therefore I can no longer choose you. But like, if you, we have to choose the person every single day. Mm-hmm. It has to be that conscious. It requires a lot of maturity to be in a relationship. Yeah. Because we're, um, 
also fed so much garbage about what relationship is and like fairy tales and stuff like that. But it does, it takes a lot of maturity. And um, that's why there's people who just go from one relationship to the one six month or three to six month relationship to the next, because they're so enamored, addicted to conditioned by this belief, this idea, this concept, this theory that like, it should just be so easy and beautiful and fluid all the time. No, it's a choice. It's a choice to actually open up our hearts. Most of the time, not most of the time, but oftentimes when we are, when people speak with couples and they'll be questioning their love for their partner when really it's not about their partner. It's about, they've been so closed off. Mm-hmm. They're literally blocking the flow of love because they're disconnected from themselves because of some sort of stress that they're not coping with very well. Mm-hmm. So um, we choosing, choosing the one and choosing love is also choosing to keep our hearts open as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So this idea of the one is a myth. There's many the ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. And when it comes to that, that choosing, um, that person over and over, you've, you've talked about too, like how we can blame our partners. I think it was just, um, I just saw my friend Bryn post this video today about how we have to look at that. We're the common denominator in all of our relationships. Yeah, That's what I, that's what I posted today. Yeah. Yeah. I just, my yeah, friend, Bryn, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 My yeah. friend Bren shared it today and it was like, yeah, that's so true. And and I think so also that because I do, I ask myself what my role is in this and why have I called this pattern in over and over. But sometimes I think asking myself that causes me to overstay because I'm like, well, what's my work here? How can I grow yeah. here? I haven't tried this. So when is it time to um, do that work? And when is it time to go? What Like, is there a deciding... I know it's, it's, I get this question all the time. Like when is it time to leave? And there's no easy answer. I think that when you're in a really committed relationship, like I've done some, um, I just did a recent, recently a podcast episode for, for my podcast, Jillian on love on the seven questions to ask yourself before you end a relationship. Yeah. So I think that that's, you know, you have to ask yourself, um, have I, you know, have I been meeting their needs? Cause we often get into these, these, these spaces of like, my needs are not being met. It's like, okay, well, have I been meeting their needs? Like mm-hmm. what, what have I been showing up at the level that I really want to show up? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it's always time to leave if you're in an abusive situation. So that yeah. goes without say, mm-hmm. sometimes it's time to leave because even though you love each other, love is not enough. Like you want two different things. You really literally want two different things. Like one person might want children and the other person doesn't. Or the way that you want, one person wants to live in the jungle and the other person wants to live on the beach, whatever it is. Like you, so that's something to reconsider. That's a time to reconsider. Sometimes it's just, um, it's an intuition. It's like, I, I don't love you anymore. And maybe I don't love you because of my own issues. Maybe it's because this love was only meant to last a certain amount of time, but like, sometimes you just fall out of love and you don't, 
for whatever reasons there are, you don't want to work on it. You don't want to keep choosing the person. You don't look at your relationship with this person as something that you want to protect. Mm -hmm. There's just so many different reasons, but I did that. Um, I did that episode because it's just so common for us to get in our heads Mm -hmm. and to get obsessed with what we're not getting and to get obsessed with just stories in our heads. Mm -hmm. And so my, my goal in sharing that was to help people get out of that line of thinking and to get a lot more honest with themselves. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that would help them evaluate. Yeah. If they should stay and work on it or leave. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to that episode. I think it's only like 38 minutes, so I highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And, and all seven questions were so good, but not just the questions, but the information you gave about each question was really, really useful. Um, so the last topic I'd love to go into with you before the lightning round that we end the show with is what are some ways to handle heartbreak once you're in that place? Yeah. Again, just had an episode. Well, even if you're the one to go sometimes. Yeah. 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 So, um, To to feel your feelings, Mm -hmm. to feel all your feelings, to maybe process your feelings with a therapist. Mm -hmm. If you're, if it's emotionally catastrophic for you to really round up your troops, be around your friends, be around Mm -hmm. your family members, get your ass into therapy. If you can brush your teeth, make sure you're drinking a lot of water. Like if you're in that sort of phase of it. But it's important to just feel your feelings. It's important to process, but not get too in your head. Take some breaks from it. Mm -hmm. Take some breaks from trying to figure out what happened. And to get back in the saddle again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think too, sometimes when we're going through a breakup, we get in like survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, it's like, nothing's going to work, you know, like nothing's going to work. So the only way out is through look in the beginning and the acute stages of a breakup, especially if it's one perhaps that you didn't want, but even if it's one that you did want it just, if it's just really, really hurtful, it's, it's just no walk in the park. I mean, there's a reason why there's millions of songs dedicated to heartbreak and to love. It's like, Mm -hmm. it is, but it's, but it's part of the human experience. Yeah. Getting our hearts broken is part of life. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can just try to stay awake to the little graces that happen every day. So like if you're walking down the street and let's say you are just, you feel shattered because you're of this breakup. Just notice that random smile from a stranger or that text from a friend checking in on you or that beautiful sunset. I mean, there's always just moments of grace that are happening all the time. And um, whatever your, whatever one's spiritual beliefs are, 
is irrelevant. The fact remains is that there's no force out there that wants you to stay miserable and alone and sad. Mm -hmm. You're not being punished by the universe. You're not being punished by karma. (laughs) Yes, for some people, they'll have to really face themselves and be like, wow, I really messed this up. I mean, that's a true thing. There are some Mm -hmm. people who really mess it up Mm -hmm. Um, and sabotage. And that's, like I said, it's harder to recover from that than it is from someone doing something bad to you. And you have to then speak to a professional to help you really navigate that and to feel a little bit of healthy shame. But then I just really would urge anyone who might be listening to this, who's in this position you need to quickly change that into never again. I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to make this like the most significant lesson mm-hmm. and learning of my life. Yeah. I mean, it's, it takes a lot of grit and resilience to get through certain breakups and that's just part of life. Yeah. But you need, you need support. It's mm-hmm. so to have support it's so important to do nice things for yourself um to give yourself a lot of grace to rest to sleep when you need to sleep to allow yourself to have a little bit of joy mm-hmm. go through the five stages of grief yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah thank you so much Yay. so there, there's a few short questions that i ask everyone who comes on the show the first one is if you could hug your younger self right now what would you say oh Oh, don't worry so much. Mm. Don't worry so much. Yeah, it doesn't change anything is the, mm. the cliche saying. <laughs> don't worry so much. It's okay. Yeah. I think it would be a lot of reassurance. Yeah. If you could have the whole Don't let that guy that you dated when you were 30 move into your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> When you're 30, you're going to meet a real son of a, you know, I <laughs> move in. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a lot of those for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. If you could whisper or if you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? Hmm. God. You know, so many. I mean, it's two books. It would be Letting Go by David Hawkins and it would be um, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Oh, I haven't read Letting Go, but I, I think I've seen a lot of quotes from it. Yeah. I'm gonna, that sounds like a, a homework assignment for me. <laughs> yeah. Because um, our emotional lives really determine the quality of our lives. And so we're either really suppressing stuff and I really believe that suppressed emotion um is is the cause of a lot of disease and a mm-hmm. lot of dis-ease yeah. so learning how to feel your emotions and let go and then and then also the meaning that we give to th- events in our lives like I said to you like this could either be like oh I messed up or oh like look at that. I broke my pattern. So Mm -hmm. I think that 
you know, things can go down in our personal histories as a trauma or something really wonderful just based on, not all things, but certain things, just based on the meaning that we give it. And so man's search for meaning is, is basically a teaching of that. Yeah. Beautiful. And then if you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? Mm, let go. Mm, let go. <laughs> yeah. I used to joke that everything I ever let go of had claw marks on it. <laughs> had what on it? Claw marks. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. It's so hard for me to let go sometimes. Uh, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. It's been my greatest, um, my greatest journey. So that's why I feel so, uh, committed to mm-hmm. share. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, before we let you go, <laughs> where can we find you online? Follow you oh. on Instagram, book you for, I, I know you have a podcast and I know you do like workshops and stuff. So. Yeah. So, um, so my full name, jillianturecki.com is my website. Um, Instagram is where you can get all the like free goodies at Jillian Tarecki. I also have a TikTok account, but the most of it's at Jillian Tarecki. And then I have my podcast, Jillian on Love. Um, there's an Instagram for that. And you can uh, follow Jillian Love and, and, and any of your, whatever, wherever you've Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to. Yeah. And Thank then that's when I go deep into stuff. Thank you so much. Yeah, your work is so healing. I feel like um, you know, I am able to tell you because of this opportunity, like how beneficial it's been for me, but I can't think of like the countless women and men who are following you that are in heartbreak or they're trying to figure out how to save their relationship and just your wisdom is, you know, saving grace for them. So I just want to thank you for the light that you've chosen to be oh. and the the fact that you said yes to the call to your work. So thank you so much. I'm honored to help. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, you guys. That was soothing, soothing medicine for me. Um, I don't know how many of you are going through an uncoupling or just going through a stage in your relationship where you're like, fuck, this is hard. Or if you're in a new relationship and all of your wounds are coming to the surface of fear of abandonment. But in any of those scenarios, in any of those situations, um, I hope that this episode, this talk with Jillian was useful to you. it really, not that like I, it wasn't even that I got like a, okay, this is what to do next, but just talking to her felt very soothing for me. And I can imagine that that would be what it would feel like for many of us to talk to a therapist when going through these changes. So, so thankful for her. So thankful for her beautiful light and her work. She's just her energy too is very calming and soothing. All right. I'll also thank the affiliates, Jean Keys, G-E-N-E keys.com forward slash the dash dream dash ARC forward slash REF forward slash 1707 forward slash. That's also in the show notes. That is Gene Keys. And I also interviewed the creator of that, Richard Rudd, one of my favorite episodes I've ever recorded. He's like grandfather Huachuma in a body. I love him. And uh, he's just, I just knowing he exists makes me so freaking happy, y'all. So he created Gene Keys and it's basically like an internal GPS system. It is one of the most powerful paths of uh, like knowing yourself and self-development. And he has different courses. So the link this link that I provide will take you to how to use dreams. But if you use that link to purchase anything, whether it's like taking his course about love, taking his course about prosperity, the show will get a little bit of a cut. And so that's what one way to support the show. 
And then, as you may already know, the best toys for sex at dameproducts.com. Jade, the code Jade gets you 15% off there. My favorite is the suction toy. It's called Air, A-E-R. Um, but they've got a handful of stuff on there. I like to pair the section toy with the Pleasure Wander Yoni Egg from Wands, W-A-A-N-D-S.com. Uh, I use, well, I have a handful of Pleasure Wands, but I love my cervical wand and I love my jade egg. And that's what my clients use. That's what I ask them to purchase and use um, on, you know, at, for their homework. And it's a powerful, powerful way to remove trauma from that area of our body. So code Jade gets you a discount there as well. Wands, W-A-A-N-D-S.com. And then all things infrared at higher dose. Code Jade75 for $75 off. I really, really want their two-person infrared sauna. Um, Right now I have their infrared face mask. I have their sauna blanket. I have their bioenergy mat and I use them all frequently. I love them. Y'all, the benefits of infrared are endless. Thank you so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It would mean so much if you would leave a review or share an episode with a friend. You can also join me on Instagram at Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here. Mm